What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Monday, March 18th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Emma Kidwell. <laughs> just, me, just me and Kevin in the room to clap. Uh, contributing editor for Gama Sutra. How are you, Emma? Doing great. How are you? I'm great as well. Uh, so uh, where do people know you from? How do people know you? Um, I've been a freelance writer for about four years now, okay. so they may have seen my name floating around then. Yeah, sure. Where, where are your bylines at? Um, I've had bylines at Polygon, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, The Verge, uh, Waypoint. Okay. Just so you're one of these big deal freelancers. All right. That's what you're going to say? <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming through. It's GDC week, of course. Where are you in town from? Uh, Maryland. Frederick, that's, Maryland. That's a long hike. That's a long way away yeah. from here. But it's worth it. Yeah. Very excited to be here. So then who are you? Are you covering for Gama Sutra? Yes. Okay. So we'll be doing live coverage. I think it's under GDC 2019, um, but we'll be covering our sessions and stuff throughout the week. So that's that's what I'm here for. Okay, great. But then you also told me you make games. Uh, this is not a conflict of interest. It's not. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I make games using Twine. What's that? Um, it's like a text-based uh, choose-your-own-adventure sort of engine. Oh, okay. um, it's really great, um, and I love talking about it whenever I can. Um, but it's really easy to use, and I think everybody should make games using it, and it's really? accessible and great. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I've been making games using Twine for a few years, and I've made a couple things um, that I'm really proud of. But it's out on the internet if you want to. I've heard of the internet. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you want to check out my games, uh, you can go to mkid.itch.io. Okay. And you'll be able to play some of the things I've made. But, awesome. Yeah. They're all small. They take like less than 15 minutes to play because games are hard to make. Sure. Yeah. And they are time consuming. So. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're trying to be a freelance writer all over the exactly. place. Exactly. So busy stuff. So uh, tell me more about yourself. Like, how did you get into all this? How did you get into video game journalism? Um, if that's what you call it, I don't want to. No, up. yeah, I kind of fell into it when I was in college. I was studying game design, and okay. um, I came across. Uh, she's a good friend of mine now, but Nina Freeman. I came oh, across yeah. one of her games when I was in college, and I was like, I want to do whatever that is. Um, so I studied games journalism in college, um, and then I kind of just fell into freelancing. Polygon was my first uh, byline, and yeah. then since then, I've just had. A lot of opportunities and people taking chances on me and I've been at Gama Sutra for about two years and wow. I just kind of fell into that too yeah. um, and most of it's been through Twitter yeah so I've had a lot of a lot of opportunity on Twitter and just meeting people from the internet would you say I mean so many people who listen to kind of funny games daily or are kind of funny best friends like yourself by the way and your boyfriend you were talking about right yeah He's a big, Zach shout hey, out to Zach hey Zach thanks for being a kind of funny best friend uh <laughs> want to do what we do right like mm -hmm. it, do you find uh, you know better i think you know i'm all my stuff's so dated all my well, all right, hit up dan shu through an email uh for you right now being a freelance <laughs> journalist how do, what are what are your tips for people actually making it and figuring out how to do this okay wow um i know one of the big tips is never do work for free sure but you're gonna have to do a little bit of work for free sure. initially and then that's why i keep telling kevin yeah one day we'll pay you <laughs> <laughs> but once you get comfortable and you know your worth, don't be afraid to ask for like negotiate for what you think you deserve to be paid. Yeah. 
um, set up a rate, talk to other freelance writers, and don't be afraid to talk about money. That's the thing, right? I feel like, especially for when I was growing up and coming through, asking about what somebody makes was always such a weird thing to do. weird taboo thing, because no one wants to talk about money, but I mean, you have to, that's how you got to know if you're being given what you deserve. Exactly. Because writing is a lot of hard work, even though it doesn't really, it may not seem like it to some people, but I mean. Those people are idiots. Deadlines are real, and I love avoiding them. Yeah. Oh, no. Totally. Procrastination. That's what it's we all great. know so well, right? I keep punting my taxes. I should probably do them, but I haven't <laughs> do yet. Taxes, Greg. You know what? It just seems like it's going to take a lot of work. It's GDC, the division. Just I got things to do. someone to do them. I do that. Literally, all I have to do is give the things to the people. That doesn't sound like a lot of work. It doesn't, but man, I'll tell you what. It's stopping me. Emma. I'm glad to have you along for the ride. Of course, again, you're another person who just hit me up, right? And you're like, hey. Yeah, I, I, I emailed you back in November just like, this is a long shot. I feel like he has a, you have such a big platform. And I figured if you could bring in people like me or people who are either getting into it or maybe don't really have a big voice, depending on what community they're from. Yeah. If you're willing to put people up here, that's great. And so I wasn't expecting this at all, honestly. Um, I'm still... Kind, I'm like shaking. Really? But you seem yeah. like you got all pulled together. It's because you're intimidating me. That's the problem. Is it because of I have a massive case of RBF resting bitch face? Gotcha. Yeah, so. no, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I wasn't want to sure say if I was allowed I was to wrong. say. Oh, say whatever you want. Fuck. Right? Come on now. Yeah. Shit, okay. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin, it's fun to curse. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. Yeah, I emailed you a couple of months ago and yeah. just it seemed to line up with when I was in town and what you didn't tell me of course is that you're friends with Steve Gaynor because I would have canceled it he right sucks. there oh yeah Steve I don't know if he's watching right now oh but no he doesn't no, watch our content not. you know what I mean he's always, he's, all he does is take selfies now of his new haircut yeah oh, oh that's so glorious yeah, I digress today we're going to talk about Bethesda going to E3 the Nindy showcase and maybe some Google Joy-Con support because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday in a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that that be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You go there with your questions, comments, concerns, bad PSN names, and everything else under the video game sun. Then you can tune in to watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, uh, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe not only do i have printouts today i'm using the printer joey just bought to print labels for the kind of funny t-shirts kevin look at the quality of this I, in six months we'll hate that printer punch in on the quality of this give me the one look at that you can read it from there that is a quality print right there all right good job joey another reason we should only listen to joey and never listen to nick uh nick recommended that printer. i hate him <laughs> housekeeping for you First off, it's GDC week, as I've said. We'll have all sorts of guests in here, but that also means my wife is downtown working really hard. So Portillo, also a guest host, as you see, if you just tuned in and you're like, why does he have a loaf of bread on the desk? <laughs> that's actually Portillo can sleeping. You turn him this way, at least? I feel like that's going to disturb him. You know what I mean? Like, he likes to look so. at me. You don't think so? You think I can rotate him without yeah, him doing it? Here, fine. let's try it. It's okay, buddy. He's having... Look at him. He's all confused. Oh, he's so cute. There, there you go. go. There you go. Now he looks like a dog and not a loaf of bread. Uh, so Pratil will be here most of the week. Uh, also, today, if you're watching live, there's going to be a kind of funny press conference this afternoon following Internet Explorer. So let's say 1215-ish. Uh, if you're watching this or listening to it later, check out my Twitter for the full details of what I'll be announcing. Uh, tomorrow... 
a different thing for you. Uh, that Google press conference is happening at GDC tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific time, usually the time of Kind of Funny Games Daily. We kicked around how we would actually handle it. What we're going to do is do a reaction stream tomorrow, 10 a.m. in place of this, and then afterwards do Kind of Funny Games Daily at 11, we assume, however long the conference goes, but we'll play that by ear. Uh, remember, Kansas City, we are coming for you on the Kind of Funny World Tour, March 30th. New York, we're coming to you April 6th. Vancouver, we're coming May 4th. You can find all this at kindoffunny.com slash events. Remember, if you're in Kansas City, the meet and greet is free, of course, to get into. However, we are at Planet Comic Con doing a bunch of panels you should come see. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed, Mohammed, Tom Bach, and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Robin Hood and Third Love, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news! Six items on the Roper Report. Baker's Dozen! I feel like my voice cracked in the middle of that. It's okay. Okay. Bethesda is coming to E3, everybody. Here comes their official lines. Start speculating, refresh Walmart Canada, but most importantly, mark your calendars. It's a good joke, right? E3 is coming in on Sunday, June 9th, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. Team Bethesda returns to Los Angeles for our fifth annual Bethesda E3 showcase. It's going to be a hell of a night. We've got an in-depth look at Doom Eternal plus much, much more. We want to, quote-unquote, be together with all of you this year. And with that in mind, we are planning to invite more of you, our biggest fans, to join us on our biggest night of the year. Official invitations with additional event details, including how to register for a chance to attend this year's showcase, are coming soon. Can't make it to L.A.? We've got you covered. You can watch it live on our Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Mixer, and Facebook Live. Emma, what are you expecting from a Bethesda E3 conference? I'm surprised they're doing it still. I am, too, just because of all the... The news that you hear of a lot of people not even showing up to E3, unless I'm remembering everything completely wrong. But I want a single player Fallout, especially after 76. Sure. Um, Because I haven't played Doom yet, but I am excited for Doom Eternal just because I keep thinking Eternal Mood is like a meme that's been floating around. Um, But I'd love to see another fallout game or maybe they might show some content for 76 just to get it back up see again? this is my thing is when, when 76 was going down the tubes and everything was going wrong and right. the nylon bags and the crashes and everything else it was for me can they recover in time for e3 and i think i was way too uh i was way too conservative thinking that no probably not right that you're going to be the butt of every joke and yada yada but you know what, what now i think the one every, that everybody points to and laughs at is anthem right? right and even by the time we get to e3 there's going to be something else that's happened in the industry that's taken the heat off of anthem which took the heat off of fallout 76 and so i think it, it'll be mainly interesting to get there and see how they message that i feel like you'll open with a bang for a trailer probably some tease of doom eternal talk about doom eternal right off the bat and then you have to have a, a mea culpa right where you come out and you are mm-hmm. like hey everybody let's talk about fallout 76 oh put down your twitch your pitchforks and your, your, right. your torches right like there has to be todd howard or pete or whoever on stage acknowledging the fact that it, lots changed since we were last out here right and right. i think the way you do that is hey lots changed and we've learned a lot and we're committed to making Fallout 76, a game that you want, that you, that you in particular, right? That you as a single player Fallout person want. Right. And that's what they've talked about, right? And, the, you know, they just put out the most recent thing. Hold on. Uh, Wild Appalachia. Appalachia? Yeah. A lot, of, pe- a lot of people mm-hmm. wrote in like, no, you idiots. Put us in there. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, everybody. Uh, it's so dumb. Right. I feel like that's the easiest way to get people back and get people caring. But like, 
it's still such an uphill battle, right? And right. they're going to talk. They got uh, Starfield. They'll have to do something with you. Assume mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think you tease any more Elder Scrolls stuff because you did that at the end of last time. Right. There was just. I think it was just a. Sp- just the the name of the game and then that was it. I yeah, think there were they, they, at the end they had Starfield yeah. and they had the Elder Scroll stuff that they were like, oh, here's like what we're able to tease for what's coming in the future. Right. But yeah, now you have to sit there and be like, okay, I don't I don't know what what you do and how you recover from that. But I think if anybody can, it is Bethesda, right? I think yes, they screwed up with Fallout seventy six. I think they've are I, I still uh, subscribe to the subreddit. Mm-hmm. I see people in there happy with stuff. The patch seems or the latest update seems to be going over well. And so I think you can get out in front of that message, especially if you are Pete Hines and you come out and you do take it on the chin. But hey, we do have great stuff. Here's that other Wolfenstein game. Here's you know what we're already talking about with Doom Eternal. Right, because they do have other games that are coming out so even if it's not their focus they can just shift the attention to like well look at all these other things they're working on exactly 100 percent. right so good luck to them we'll see kevin yo i have a seventh story that i'm inserting right oh, now that's geez. breaking as we talk it's Let's not it. i mean it's you you probably were expecting it, ladies and gentlemen i'm reading from the playstation blog but i assume it uh, applies to everybody unleash the beast in apex legends season one wild frontier the first season of apex legends starts tomorrow that's tuesday with new legends loot and mysterious surprises dropping into the arena this is from ashley reed at electronics arts again this is on playstation blog i'm sure it's somewhere else though too the hunt is on Welcome to the Wild Frontier. The first season of Apex Legends is here, and tons of great stuff is dropping into the arena. Check out what's in store if you play for free, and learn what you can get when you grab the Season 1 Battle Pass. What is a season? Seasons are massive packs of content dropped regularly throughout the year. We drop these massive packs of content regularly throughout the year. I did not screw that up. That's Okay, same sentence back to back on. And each season brings new legends, fresh loot, and special events that change the games. Grab the battle pass and earn tons of themed rewards as you level. Uh, You can also earn a Wild Frontier Legend skin, five Apex packs, and 18 stat trackers for free as you play. Then jump into the fight with with our first new legend, Octane, which is, if you remember, we talked about this leaked person from a while back that somebody data mined off the EA uh, website. Same dude. Looks like a Borderlands dude. Doing the rock hands. Good for him. Uh, Meet Octane. 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 Uh, After blowing his legs off in a record-breaking gauntlet speed run, uh, Octane is diving into the Apex games with metal legs and even bigger ambitions. He's searching for the ultimate adrenaline rush by using his death-defying moves to become an Apex champion. His adrenaline junkie feature uh, lets him trade health for speed, and an endless supply of stim health regeneration means he's always ready for action. His launch pad ultimate ability lets his squad fly through the air with the greatest of ease, jump into Apex and play today. And then one final one here. Score more loot with Battle Pass. The Battle Pass is your ticket to tons of rewards. Once you buy the pass, every level you gain during Season 1 unlocks a Battle Pass reward, like weapon skins, banner frames, XP boosts, and more. Over 100 rewards are yours for the taking, and you have the entire season to earn them all. Plus, you'll score three Wild Frontier-themed Legend skins immediately when you purchase the pass. You can get the Battle Pass from the in-game shop for 950 Apex coins. Plus, you can earn enough Apex coins through leveling in the Battle Pass to purchase the next one without spending a real cent. To level up your Battle Pass faster, snag the Battle Pass bundle for 2,800 Apex coins, unlocking your next 25 Battle Pass uh, levels and their rewards automatically. So yeah, basically, we are just totally aping the Fortnite Battle Pass. Yep. Great. Okay, cool. Uh, did, have you played Apex? Is this a game that resonates with you? Yeah. Um, really? It doesn't run on my PC because I have the AMD. Uh, Dude, you're preaching the choir. I've been sick of that AMD yeah. keyboard and uh, how it US, it's wireless USBs. <laughs> so Oof, you're telling me. I've been playing it on the PS4. And yeah! Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But I, I'm really, well, I wouldn't say I'm really good at it there, but it's easier. You're far better than me, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> probably. But I, I've been having a lot of fun with it because um, I kind of got fatigued with the Battle Royale genre after yeah. Punk Bag or PUBG. Um, Cause I put like 300 hours into that yeah. cause it was a really good, you know, talk with your friends or play a podcast and sure. not really worry about it. And then yeah. I tried Fortnite a little, it's just not my thing. The building. I can't, I yeah. can't focus on building it's and so trying to stay alive. I can only do one thing at a time. I get yeah. it. There you go. And that's why Apex is working for you. Cause that's more like obviously. And it's fast paced. Yeah. I like that. Everything's usually about depending on how bad I am, usually a minute or 20 minutes or so it's yeah. fast paced. And I think it's, I think it's great. Awesome. Are you now? So where do you come down now with this battle pass? Are they doing it right? Are they being greedy? Are you going to pick one up? I'm probably not going to. Yeah. But I think it makes sense. I mean, I'm sure I don't. I could be wrong, but I think they were transparent about that from the get go. They were. Yeah. We've right? known that stuff so was coming and they that. wanted a microtransaction. And again, it is doing the same thing of Fortnite where, hey, the game's free. And I, I believe if I'm right, I shouldn't speak out my ass. because But Octave. Oct- octane this new person you don't have to pay him right he's free maybe not they're not saying free there but i would assume that yeah because you had a couple characters right that you could have you could unlock through apex points i think i I played apex once and i was like this is a great game i need to get back to it and never did because there's two characters that are locked and i believe you have to get either some sort of in-game currency to unlock them so it might be the same Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Please explain if you, what's going on with Octane. It's breaking too much for me to keep up with it. Uh, yeah, uh, more power to him. Uh, you know, again, I'm a big Respawn fan. I really do mm-hmm. enjoy that studio. I love the Titanfall games. I'm happy they found success here. Uh, I think if it had dropped at just a different time in terms of my life and schedule, I would have been all over it. But the mm-hmm. way it dropped when I was on vacation and then with uh, Ape, uh, Anthem and now Division, Division. when am I ever going to get back to it? And then I'll get back right. and everybody will be too good. I don't know. You, I, uh, that's what you said about Fortnite, though, Greg. And look, you, you, we ended up playing a ton of Fortnite years later, right, Kevin? <laughs> Division, Division two, yeah, Kevin. <laughs> woo, woo, uh, woo, oh, bear in the other room too. All right. Uh, so now we're going to number two on the list, but number three in our hearts. Uh, there's a Nindy's showcase coming Wednesday. This is what Nintendo put out today. A Nindy showcase video presentation is headed your way. Tune in on Wednesday, March 20th at 9 a.m. Pacific oh, to check out roughly 30 minutes of information on indie games coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, Exciting, of course, not unexpected. Uh, of course, GDC is this week. Nintendo now historically, what, the last two years has done uh, Nindy Showcase and then, of course, had uh, you know Nindy's hand on down at GDC time. So if you had been thinking about it, that you knew that was probably going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited? Do you play your Switch? Do you have a Switch? I bought a Switch a month ago when I was going to Japan. Okay. And nice. I bought it specifically to be the most expensive Animal Crossing console I've ever owned. Hell yeah. Hell and yeah, man. Can't it's, wait. right now it's just Tetris 99 and that's yeah. all I've been yeah. playing. Up high. That's what I just see. I, that's I, what I, I dream see. in Tetris 99. I oh really God, do. When I close too. my eyes, I just see the Tetris blocks and I hated Tetris. I'm what? terrible. What? I, no. It's because I didn't understand it. Okay. And so, so but now it, right? it clicked for you? Yes. What changed? Well, like what didn't you understand you think now that you're like into Tetris 99? So when I bought my Switch and I was wondering what to buy for a, a 14 hour plane ride I bought Puyo Puyo Tetris yeah of course because growing up in Japan I was really good at Puyo Puyo Mm -hmm. okay and then they made me play Tetris so I couldn't progress in the story until I got good got good at it and I had to learn strategy and then I Tetris 99 dropped which is fantastic it's just who would have thought and it's basically the only time I pick up my switch and use it fair I'll take it yeah I don't keep up with it as much just because I 
just got the console. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah, yeah. I do watch it just because I'm holding out hope on some sort of release date at least oh, it's coming. for worry. Animal Crossing. Don't worry. I want it to be in the fall. Yeah, oh, it'll happen. Don't worry. It's this year. So. Hold out hope. Don't worry. Ha- <laughs> I can't wait either. Uh, you grew up in Japan. How, what, tell, talk about this. How long oh, you were in Japan? Um, my mother is Japanese. Uh-huh. Uh, so we were there. I'm, I have two brothers. I'm a triplet. Okay. So Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. Whoa. Identical? Um, no, my brothers, Jake and Alex. Fraternal. Yeah, yeah we're all fraternal. Brothers. Yeah. Yes. So I'm they the can only still look like each other. No, I mean, it won't be identical. <laughs> we can look alike. <laughs> all right, listen, I'm sorry I don't think about twins and triplets all that often, everybody. <laughs> Shut up, Barry. Don't come in here shaking your head. You say dumb stuff all the time. <laughs> um, but I, I lived there for a few years when I was younger, and my grandparents lived there. Lived there um, so I go back almost every year. Gotcha. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That's really, really cool. It's great. I love it there. Do you speak Japanese? I don't want to embarrass my mom, but okay. I do. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I, I know enough to get around, yeah. and it takes me 30 minutes to put a sentence together, but mm. I can. As a kind of funny best friend, as someone who listens to the show, how much do you die inside when I try to a say lot. No, I try, I'm sorry, I try. 100%. So, it's, you know, Pear so Schneider at back at IGN gave me a great tip of like, you know, the way pronunciation works is it's like kind of like two letters at a time to, mm-hmm. to make it go, which makes sense in my head. And then I can, I, if I look at a word and say it, I can say it. But when I'm in the middle of a paragraph of a story I didn't write and I'm seeing the name for the first time and I got to try that's to break hard. it down. Yeah. Oof, that's I have a hard time. Like you'll have what's coming out next week. Sekiro. Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of people say like Sekiro or yeah, that's when definitely ghosts me. of Tsushima is coming out yeah. eventually it's like Tsushima. And I just, How I try I say not Tsushima? to say Tsushima. Cause I, I Tsushima. say ghosts. Yeah. Tsushima. No. Tsu. Tsu. Shima. Shima. Okay. I, th- I thought that one I was doing right. Okay. Now, but yeah. then I started thinking about it. I started worrying about it. But oh. I try not to judge just because language is hard. Sure. It's tricky. I'd like to think that I'm respectful about it. Like, yeah. especially when I skip the name, because I'm just like, I don't even want to, I don't want to butcher it. I'm trying not to. I understand that I'm bad. <laughs> I, I wish I, you know, I, you know, I should have been a garbage man. appreciated. So there's that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Not that the garbage man's not a good profession. It's just that they don't have to speak uh, Japanese names all that often on the job and be judged <laughs> is what I meant by you that. You don't know that. What do you mean? Garbage men are picking up garbage cans and they're reading names off the side and the guy, the other driver man's, the driver man, garbage man's yelling at him? Stop. You ever seen that Reddit thing where the girl loves the garbage man and she comes out and like gives, and they come and give her a toy and stuff at the door? That's a good Reddit. It's a good, it's a good gift you should find. Wholesome memes and shit like that. Um, real quick. From kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Shaw Doggy has it. So far, Mirage and Caustic from Apex Legends had to be unlocked with either 12K in-game currency, you get about 500 per level, or with 750 in microtransactions. Nanobiologist follows up and says, Octane is not part of the battle pass, as mentioned, he may be, as mentioned, may be bought with in-game currency. Pricing not announced for Octane. Great. Okay. Makes sense. Thank you very much. And then hold on. Let's see if he, he nanobiologist wrote in about twins. Let's see if he's saying I'm right because I'll read it. And if not, I'll run. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, I don't think. No, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> number three, but number four, really. Uh, Google might support Joy Cons. Uh, this is from Matt Perslow over at IGN. Of course, tomorrow, as we've said, Google. This big press conference. Are they announcing their streaming service? Are, are they entering the gaming market? Are they putting out a box? Nobody really knows, but we all kind of know. We all kind of know what's about to happen. Uh, we'll be live streaming at twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. 10 a.m. We'll be here reacting with it. Uh, let's c- jump over to Matt's story on IGN. 
Nintendo Switch controllers will soon be supported by Google Chrome as part of the computing giant's plans for gaming. As spotted by 9to5Google, a section of Chromium source code, Gurit, a collaboration tool for developers to review code modifications, features a section titled Improved Support for Nintendo Switch Gamepads, in which it clearly explained that Google intends to add native support for Joy-Cons and the Switch Pro Controller to their gamepad API. The section details that the API will support both the Pro Controller and Joy-Cons through Bluetooth and direct USB connection, and that the Joy-Cons can be used in both individual and paired configurations. It also notes that the API would replace the experimental Linux support for the Pro Controller. Emma, what does it all mean? Google's going to start gaming. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, what, so what do you think is happening tomorrow? I honestly don't know, because I have been... I honestly don't know. Yeah. I really don't. I think it's, I think I, I, I've probably just settled into everything, but I think it's going to be, Hey everybody, here's our official streaming service. Here's a box with a controller. If you want to go that way, if you don't want to go that way, you can play it in your Google Chrome tab. Mm-hmm. You can play it on your phone. If it's an Android phone through Google Chrome fat, if you have wireless, you're going to be able to connect it. Like, yeah, you know, you use your Xbox controller, your PlayStation controller surprise. You can use a switch controller too for it and play it in the tab or with the box or pair it any way you want to. Is that what that Google uh, that I saw on Twitter, the controller, the controller that looks yes, no. Stupid. Yeah. But that it's like, that's a <laughs> one that's blown out of proportion. Like that's that was a I patent figured. that was filed. Somebody designed that controller and put it out. No, everybody shared it thinking it was, it was not related. really looking into it. Like yeah. that's not official, 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 but it's based on what the patent they filed was. Okay. But who knows if that's what it'll actually look like kind of thing. Right. So no one really knows what it was, but that would be the idea that something like that is coming tomorrow that they're mm-hmm. going to Phil Harrison's going to pull the thing off there. It's going to be everybody's going to freak out. I'm ready to freak out, Kevin, but I don't know. Cause then it's like, it gets into the storefronts and the question marks and all that jazz. Is it going to work on an iPhone? It's I don't know. And that's why I want to be excited for the streaming future. I, I love the idea of Google. I love the idea of uh, Microsoft. But it's the question of like, how bad is the connection going to be? Right? I, right? It's when it is 5G and everything's being satellite beamed to me or whatever. That's great. But when I get to these hotel rooms, right? When I go to a crappy hotel room in New York, is that going to be good enough to run Assassin's Creed Odyssey on my Chromebook with a controller? Right. I just don't know. Couldn't tell you. Are you... Are you excited for the possibility of streaming? Are you are you one of these people that wants all the physical media? You don't want to download everything? I want all the physical media. Get out of here, Emma. Jeez Louise. Why? It's clutter. Uh, um, I don't know. There's just something about holding it in my hands and looking at it and then putting it on a shelf to collect dust. Yeah, exactly. To never it's touch great. again until you move. And you're like, why am yeah. I holding on to this? Yeah, anyway. and then I'll, I'll curse myself when I have to move again. Yeah. But I like looking at it. it it's, it's decoration and it's also... I don't know. I just like being able to physically have something, and I don't like the idea of all my games just dying inside Living my in PS4 cloud. or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless I, I mean, I primarily use my PC now, but whenever I do dust off the old PS4, I like breaking out an actual copy. Disc, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. You can be wrong. I'll accept it. Mm. <laughs> number four slash number five, Beat Saber has sold over one million copies. Uh, Beat Games has announced that its VR rhythm game, Beat Saber, has sold over one million copies as of this past February. Right. Kevin, I'm pretty sure I stole this from GamesIndustry.biz. Can you go get me the writer's name? I think it might even be Rebecca Valentine who's coming on the show this week, but I digress. Uh, the sales numbers are particularly impressive for a VR title. It's possible that Beat Saber is one of the first, if not the first, VR game to reach the one million mark, though without concrete sales numbers 
numbers on popular titles, such as The Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim VR, there's no way to tell for certain. Previously, the game reached 50,000 units in its first week and 100,000 units in less than a month. Yes, it was Rebecca Valentine from GamesIndustry.biz. She'll be here this week. Speaking of variety, uh, the CEO, Jaroslav Zvak Beck, said word of mouth has almost entirely responsible for the success. Quote, we did zero PR whatsoever, he said. We didn't expect that it would blow up that crazy, end quote. Thank God it did, though. I love Beat Saber. Kev, you love Beat Saber? Oh, I love it so much. It's one of those things that was, I remember when I saw it the first time and I retweeted the GIF or whatever, and then it, and not, not that I'm saying I, everybody saw it at the same time, but I remember everybody freaking out about it right. and like getting so much traction and being all over it. I'm so happy they found that success. I'm so happy it came to PlayStation VR. Uh, DLC just dropped. It's worth pointing out, too, that today uh, Beat Saber was announced as part of the Oculus Quest uh, content launch lineup uh, quest being the wireless oculus that you can just run around and play mm-hmm. w- where are you with uh, vr in general Uh oh. Mm, i think that it's a great way to innovate and but i'm not i have never going to shell out money for a VR really never. never that's a bold claim ever Ever. What about when Steve Gaynor or Nina makes a game, huh? They make some weird ass if thing. They make, I'm picking flowers. If they make, if they put Tacoma or Gone Home in a VR console, you'd be all over be, it. I would. Yeah, yeah. But I, the thought of, I don't know. I just, it never really clicked with me, and I don't know if it's because I normally just wear glasses and ah. I get motion sick a little easy. Yeah, that's the thing. I think, and that's been a struggle for a lot of people. You know, my wife, she can't do VR at all. Like they used to, when she was working at Square, they would put it on her for mm-hmm. demos and stuff. And she'd be like, I, she'd be like the test case. Like, hey, does this, you get sick off of everything. Yes, it still makes me sick. Oh, great. Okay. Like, I wish I could play Beat Saber though, just because oh, when so I did cool. see the GIFs and um, yeah. like demos and stuff, it looks great. And I love watching people flail around like that and it yeah. gets you kind of moving. I think it's, this, I think, would be the one thing to kind of get me interested in at least trying it, but sure. I still wouldn't buy a VR headset we'll for it. See. We'll see. Try the Oculus uh, Chorus. <laughs> see if it's <laughs> is it the chords that are slowing you down. I'm glad they found so much success. Obviously, I'm a big supporter yeah. of VR, and I love Beat Saber, so that's great, and I'm glad to see people are out there doing it. Uh, here we go. Number five slash number six. Our game's coming to Snapchat. This is from Alex Heath at Cheddar. Snap Inc. plans to announce its long-rumored gaming platform for developers next month, Cheddar has learned. The mobile game platform, internally codenamed Project Cognac, will feature a handful of games from outside developers designed to work specifically in the Snapchat chat app, uh, according to a person familiar with the matter. The new games initiative will be unveiled at Snap's first ever summit for content and developer partners in Los Angeles on April 4th, that person said, adding that video initiatives like more original shows will also be announced. An invitation to the event was seen by Cheddar that includes the tagline, less talk, more play, a nod to the gaming platform. A Snap spokesperson declined to comment for the record on the story. Uh, Snap has already shown its interest in gaming by launching a handful of its own lightweight augmented reality games in the Snapchat app in early 2018. A year prior, the Chinese tech giant Tencent acquired roughly 10% of Snap's publicly traded shares. See, Patel, that's what I'm talking about. Tencent and everything. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. But they're everywhere, Porty. What are are we going to do about it? Dog doesn't care about game news. 
Tencent, which makes hugely popular games like King of Glory and League of Legends, said at the time, and that's a bit of a misnomer, but whatever, said at the time, uh, that it hoped to collaborate with Snap on mobile games. It's unclear if any of Tencent's properties, including a game, the game publisher Riot Games, will be involved in the launch of Snap's gaming platform. Uh, games could provide a new source of revenue for Snap, either through in-app purchases or advertising. Snap's stock has surged in recent days on positive sentiment around its most recent earnings. User growth was flat, but revenue grew 36% to a record $390 million. Snap has begun slowly rolling out the all-new redesign of its Android app, with which the company uh, has said should revive its growth. We'll see about that. Snapchat was huge for a while, and you're young. It's huge for a while. Thank you. you kids were all out there using it. You're snapping. You got the glasses and stuff, and then it seemed like it was over, and then it's still there, but I don't know what's going on. I don't either. Okay. You don't use the Snapchats? I did in 20... When was I in college? I did when I was in college. Okay, that's fine. Very Just leave briefly. it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin um, was all over it for a little bit. Yeah. Kevin loved that Snapchat for a little bit. Well, you did though, right? Yeah, it was great. And then why'd you fall off? Because Instagram was just like, oh, hey, you know what? There it is. The same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I don't, it's an intro, it's as usual. Okay, here's another gaming platform to watch on the sidelines and see what they do. For me, as somebody who never uses Snapchat, because somebody else already stole the game over Greggy name, so I was like, well, then this platform's dead to me. (laughs) And I'll make sure it's never successful. Uh, It's the hope that they do it in cool ways. Uh, if, if it's augmented reality games that they're playing with it all and it's actually a cool game, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. If it's just like some stupid mobile tapping thing that doesn't do anything, right. what the po- what's the point? I would hope that it's the former just because they have experimented in AR games before. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would bring in a specific audience. But again, I don't play mobile games and I don't care for Snapchat at all. So cool. um, it depends on who you're trying to market for. Like yeah. people who already use the platform already. Exactly. Keep them on it longer. Just, yeah, like here's, you can play a video game on your phone. So Great. They've never done that before, right? <laughs> I think everybody played Ghostbusters World. Number six slash seven slash the final story of the day. EGM is getting a rebrand. This is officially from EGMnow.com. Later this year, EGM will relaunch with a new look and a focus on long-form features, original reporting, and intelligent critique. We want to start treating games as a vital part of our culture made by living, breathing people. Most importantly, we want to write the stories we want to tell, not just the stories someone else wants you to hear. Our vision is an EGM where you can visit every day to read something interesting, insightful, and well-written enough to grace the pages of a magazine, and not just a gaming magazine either. To be clear, we're not out to disparage what other folks are doing. That work is necessary, and given the stifling constraints of access of access journalism and the click-driven modern media landscape, far from easy. We're not, by any stretch of the imagination, fixing games journalism. We're just making a long overdue change to... F- to focus on writing uh, we find personally exciting once you get a chance to read that writing for yourself we hope you'll feel the same way officially egm isn't short for electronic gaming monthly anymore after all we're no longer monthly and anyone who calls it electronic gaming with a straight face in 2019 is probably a lizard person (laughs) officially egm isn't short for anything anymore but around the offices we've settled on a pretty good backronym that captures the feel of what we want to do with the new site both for ourselves and our readers enjoy games more we can't do it alone though if you're a freelance writer with a knack for storytelling and a commitment to quality we'd love for you to help us as we embark on this new chapter it doesn't matter if you're an old pro or an aspiring newcomer it doesn't even matter if you've never written about games before we want to elevate great writing with compensation that reflects the hard work that goes into making it sound good reach out to contribute at egmnow.net and introduce yourself emma i thought this was a timely story you being a freelancer and all 
me being an EGM fanboy from way back in the day, started my, you know, one of the reasons I think I have this career is my love for that magazine and Dan Shu. Uh, what do you think of this? I think that it's great that there's another, I guess, revitalized platform coming back up that is looking for new voices, which sure. is important. And not to say that old voices aren't either, but bringing in new talent, new voices, new perspectives. Yeah. Um, is great. Uh, I like that the little bit about compensation that reflects the hard work that goes into making it. Um, that just makes me wonder what their rate is, if it's per word or if it's just a flat, here's $300. Or I wonder, now my brain is just going into like, what are you guys looking for? What are sure. you going to write about? Do you have a pitch guide? That kind of stuff. Um, I think it's always great when new places open up to write for. I just am interested now in seeing what kind of voice they take on yeah just because it's it is a it's kind of hard out there right i mean coming up with things that are timely not a lot of places if you want to pitch for a place you have to make sure it's timely enough and with the news cycle nowadays it's timely could be you know three days later and no one's thinking about it anymore 100 percent, right that's definitely the window it seems like i think that this is really great and I would encourage people to reach out and see what the deal is before going anywhere else. I mean, there are, it feels like there are fewer and fewer places to pitch for. Yeah. Unless you have like an established relationship with someone. Um, but this is, I wasn't expecting this when I was reading it this morning. So I think it's great. And yeah, it was a really interesting one. Not too long ago, within the last year, I was wearing uh, the Kind of Funny Games Daily Shirt a fan made that's in the old Electronic Gaming Monthly uh, masthead, right? And I had that conversation. I forget who the co-host was. Maybe. I think it was Andrea. And it was, somebody in the chat was like, oh, man, you should sell that shirt. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure EGM wouldn't allow that. And then I had that, and I'm not trying to throw shade at all. It was the thing of like, wait, is 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 EGM still around? Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard anyone talk about EGMnow.com in forever. It really did feel like when the magazine shuttered, and then the site got revitalized. I heard about it at launch, and then I've never really heard people talk about it. Right. And that's not me talking shit. That's me, I think, giving them a vote of confidence in what they're doing. Of, hey, let's go in a different direction. Let's be something different. Let's go long form. Let's give you more insightful pieces. Let's not try to be, not. I don't want to say churning out the news, but doing what everybody else is doing. Like a long form or a critical analysis, yeah. which is, it's hard to pitch those just because if you're going to do a critical analysis, depending on what the game or the cultural aspect is it takes research and that could take two weeks. Right. So it's, I would love to see more criticism. Well, I think that's why we see people at like, you know, like uh, Gita over at Kotaku, right? Uh, And maybe Gita. I've never, I've never met her in person. She seems great, but I, it's G I I say like Rita, I don't know. Somebody, Gita, Rita, connect me. (laughs) Tell me what, tell me what I'm screwing up. But like her and Jason, like they do so much work, right? And they put so much research into it. And that's the thing, right? Like, uh, Cecilia's riot reporting, right? Like obviously went on and on and on for months and months and months to get there. Like, there needs to be more of that and there needs to be more places to find that. Right. Cause again, competition breeds like such a uh, enhanced level of success of people pushing each other to do different things. Right. So to find a different outlet, this, and this is what, you know, when I saw this, somebody tweeted me, sorry, I didn't put you in as a credit. I went over to EGM now and I was like, I haven't, I clicked on the front page and I've never been there. Right. And it was like the same guy, Matthew seems to have all the bylines and it was like very much like, Oh, it's what I was talking about. Like if you're going to try to do this, don't try to be IGN. Don't try to be GameSpot. We have those, right? And so I think I would imagine that's what they've seen on their numbers as well. Of like, all right, right cool. We're doing the breaking news. Here's what's happening in Apex. But people are getting that somewhere else. What can we give them here that nobody else is giving them or few people are giving them? And that's what I think freelancers especially 
have a great it's it's great just because you'll have your staff writers right yeah. and then you'll commission a piece or if someone emails you and says hey I have this unique perspective and this is how I'm going to talk about it I find that a lot of my favorite pieces from like big outlets come from freelancers yeah and those voices are important so I really hope that some something good comes of this yeah. I don't see why not just because it's so fresh and new yeah it's only time will tell yeah of course right but that sucks because it's still so far away. I know. Emma, if I wanted more immediate news, like say what came to the Mom and Grop digital shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Do, 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 yeah. I can't get the dog to lift his head. <laughs> you, what, why are you so tired? You did nothing. Tired. Oh, Leave man. Dog. Uh, out today. Two Point Hospital. Eberly Island on PC, Turok on Switch, The Deepest House on PC and Mac, Schmup Moments, PC, Jack and the Creepy Castle on PC, uh, 1,001st, 1,001st, is that how you'd say that? Probably 1,001st, Hyper Tower, PC and Mac, 30 Days to Survive on PC, and there's something that broke since the last Games Daily that I think is real cute. Halo tweeted the following, thank you for the outpouring of excitement over the news that Halo, the Master Chief Collection, is coming to PC. If you remember, they announced it, everybody flipped out and sent like a gajillion pizzas up to 343 mm-hmm. Industries, and they had to say, please stop sending us pizzas. Uh, they continue, as a token of gratitude, we'd like to offer you a hot slice of pepperoni within Halo 5. Jump online today and pick up your complimentary last sc- slice skin. <laughs> Turns your uh, AR rifle there into a, a piece of pizza. It's got the pizza skin all over it. Whoa. Very cute. Cool idea. Cool idea. Kevin, you want some new dates? Yeah! Uh, I'll start with one from GameSpot. Spring is around the corner, and Niantic is celebrating the start of the season with a special event in Pokemon Go. Beginning tomorrow, March 19th, the developer is holding an Equinox, Equinox event for the hit mobile game, uh, which will feature increased grass-type Pokemon spawns, new field research tasks, and more. Players! Oh, that's, uh, that was it. Period. Period. Sorry. I was running on the next one. So there you go. Uh, Andrew Garfield... No, no, Andrew Goldfarb. If you're still allowed to be excited about Pokemon now that you work at a Sony uh, exclusive company, be excited. Next up, Splatoon stuff. Uh, Nintendo reports players with an internet connection and a Nintendo Switch online membership can join in the Splatoon 2 special demo between 7 a.m. tomorrow, Tuesday, March 19th, and Monday, March 25th. If the free demo makes you happy, at, as a clam, I don't know why they put it, because uh, of Splatoon and the Inklings, mm-hmm. uh, and you want to buy the full Splatoon 2 game, you can get a 20% discount if you buy it via the Nintendo eShop during the demo period. As an extra bonus, you'll even be able to transfer your demo progress. That sounds like a deal of the day, because meanwhile, here comes some more deals of the day. This one comes from Gilly Brums. Gilly Brums wrote into patreon.com slash games and says, deal of the day. Hi, Greg and Emma. Just wanted to let the best friends know that on Amazon, they can snag Far Cry New Dawn for 20 bucks, as well as Spider-Man on PS4 for only 34 bucks. Keep up the great work. We will, Gilly. Thank you for your support. Speaking of support, let's get to some reader mail. But first, I'm going to tell you about our sponsors, Robinhood and Third Love. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. 
The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps of your smartphone. Uh, you can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Kind of Funny Games Daily a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at games.robinhood.com that's games.robinhood.com next third love let's talk about bras using millions of real women's measurements third love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and impeccable feel why is third love so good the fit finder quiz sir Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape for, for a perfect fit and premium feel. Answer a few simple questions to find the perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's actually fun and takes less than a minute to complete. Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. But don't take my word for it. Take my wife's. She ordered from Third Love and loves her bra. She told me, quote, it doesn't feel cheap like most bras. It's mostly meant to be worn strapless, and it still came with two sets of straps two sets of straps people be like my wife jen third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone so right now they're offering my listeners 15 percent off your first order go to thirdlove.com games now to find the perfect fitting bra and get 15 percent off your first purchase that's thirdlove.com games for 15 percent off today 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 I don't know. You know, we got a lot of good questions today. I just want to make sure I start you in a good place. Here, all right, we're going to start. We're going to start here. Daniel Summers writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, Hello, Greg and Emma. First time supporter and fan of the show. Thank you. My question is aimed at the single player franchises created by third party studios. Why don't more third party studios try and create continuing narratives centered on one defining character? There are many anthology franchises, i.e. Ubisoft games and JRPGs, but almost none of them have a reoccurring main lead. Why is it so unappealing? Bethesda publishes content like Wolfenstein, The Evil Within, Doom, and Dishonored with notable lead characters that I want to keep following from game to game. Why not have a face Why not have a face to the franchise? As an example, wouldn't the next installment of Assassin's Creed be more appealing if you knew Cassandra would be the main character, much like Ezio uh, Arezio was with his trilogy? Thanks for all you do, Daniel. Emma, where have all the single player front facing leads gone? They've passed the torch onto whoever's replacing them. Yeah. Why does that happen, you think? What's your what's your rationale for why we don't see something like, I guess, uh, example from Ubisoft's catalog, right, of Sam Fisher being in every Splinter Cell game? I would say just because whoever the writers or the designers feel like they've told everything that they can for this one character and mm-hmm. want to move on and write other things, which I think is fine. I mean, it really depends. I mean... I understand where Daniel's coming from because depending on how attached you are to the character and how, uh, you know, beloved this series is to you. I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know why we're moving away from it. I understand it, sure. but I, I guess it just depends. A lot of it comes down to, I think who's making the game and publishing them and what they're going for, right? To, let's use Assassin's Creed as an example because Daniel brings it up, right? If, oh, wouldn't it be cool if the next Assassin's Creed was going to be about Cassandra? As a Cassandra fan, of course it would be. But keep in mind, too, that 
Assassin's Creed moves studio to studio, right? Mm-hmm. People are, are, are they're working on multiple games at one time. It'd be the same thing of like, well, why doesn't the main de- character from Call of... Uh, well, this doesn't work, but if Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 4 had a main character, right? Why wouldn't that be the person in the next game? Well, it's because it's going from, right, Treyarch to Sledgehammer to Infinity War and, or, yeah, and all around and doing you know, all these different people. And I didn't assign the right things there, I understand. But you understand what I'm saying in terms of People are working on it at the same time, moving it around, trying to get there. I think Assassin's Creed's fallen into that rhythm too. Of the excitement is, all right, well, who, where are we going to put you? As well as who are you going to be? It is the setting and the time period, and I think letting them be free to jump around with that comes with saying goodbye to the character. Even though we all loved Ezio, right? Like that was crazy to have him for that many games. Now they get to go from you know Egypt or well London to Egypt to uh, you know uh, Greece and hop around. You'd think maybe with the success they found in Odyssey, they could go somewhere else. But then there's also part of the, the argument too that most of these games, and we're talking about Ubisoft games, right? Are you're getting you're making the character right? Like my Division Two character doesn't say anything because it's me making the choices and what she wears and what she does and where you know blah 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 same thing even with odyssey where you saw the can of worms from the dlc of all right cool we have to put this dlc here she has to have a child to continue the bloodline to make sense for it but then people had a connection to their character so how do you take my cassandra and put her into a direct sequel and make her still feel like my cassandra but not that's a tough one to do and you've seen it struggles with that or even with infamous right where it was like all right cool we had to pick a canonical ending to infamous one so him being the good guy is the canonical ending and then goes and i don't think that's as big a deal but you do get into that ownership and looking at the other games you're listing here right where you're like uh bethesda publishes content like wolfenstein the evil within doom dishonored don't get me wrong bethesda is a great uh, company those are all great games right are any of them juggernaut successes no, none of none of them compete with Assassin's Creed in terms of like IP mindshare and where it's going. Do and I'm not I'm not talking shit on Doom or Wolfenstein, both big names for games. But did they set the world on fire? I think and you have to understand like people are trying to make games on a sliding scale. Bethesda very much is I still believe trying to make games for their audience, mm-hmm. and they don't need them to be runaway freight train successes in the way Ubisoft needs Assassin's Creed to sell a gajillion copies. Right. Which I think, okay, let's get them excited about this and let them put themselves in as the main character and maybe not have the baggage of it. Because again, and I know this sounds crazy, but you, I think this is one of the critiques uh, Odyssey took on the chin, is the idea that the story in Odyssey, right, did it really, does it matter? Like, it was, so many people were like, this isn't an Assassin's Creed game. I'm not getting enough of the modern day stuff. I'm not hearing enough about the Templars and the, the Brotherhood or whatever. And if they're going to go that way, does it really matter to have this continuing narrative throughout? Right. I think that's where it's coming from. But I don't know, Emma. I'm an idiot. It's true. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Rami wrote in to patreon.com slash games and says, Happy Monday, Greg and Emma. As a primarily Nintendo gamer, listening to all of the mostly positive chatter surrounding games like The Division 2 and Anthem have left me feeling like I'm seriously missing out on the looter-shooter wave of games released throughout this console generation. Do you think we'll ever see a AAA mainstream looter-shooter, Destiny, The Division, Anthem, etc., get ported onto the Nintendo Switch? Or is this a genre that Nintendo fans are going to be forced to live without? I don't think so. Yeah? No. Because when I bought my Switch, at least for me... Personally, I didn't buy it to play 100% looter shooters. I bought it to play Animal Crossing. You bought it to play, but I bought it to play things that are 
casual in the sense that, you know, I can sit anywhere with it. I don't want to play a looter shooter in like a bar or (laughs) like on the train or something like that. And that's the big thing, right? I think people buy and I bought my switch for exclusives. And then I was surprised when it took the place of my Vita and it's like, oh, there's my indie machine too. Right. Um, And I could be wrong. And please tell me if I am. Uh, Well, don't worry. Kind of funny. Um, Weren't there, aren't there just performance issues with the Switch when it comes to having bigger games? Like the first thing I think of is just Doom having issues. Frame rate was down. There was less stuff on screen. Um, So anything that's pretty ambitious, I think, for such a tiny but strong machine, I don't know that we'll see any of those. And I think that's okay. Totally. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, it's awesome that Fortnite's on it and it's somewhere else and you can play that kind of thing somewhere. But like now that I'm playing on PS4, it's like, oh, I'll play on my PS4. And there's a reason why I think recently uh, Switch players are being grouped up with mobile players, right? Yeah, um, exactly. I think there's a, a reason for it. And that's probably the it. one like caveat to this and asterisk would be, I think that if Xbox Game Pass does come and you are if they do open the doors, right. even if it's Google, if they open the doors to streaming on the switch as they did in Japan with Assassin's Creed Odyssey that and that technology gets there, obviously, in a million different caveats i think that's when you could see all right cool like i am using game streaming platform x to go on and play the division and do whatever and then if the wi-fi is perfect and it's doing the if it's you know doing that microsoft x streaming whatever the hell cloud thing where it's yeah i'm getting these azure servers and i'm using the xbox ones maybe that's the way to do it but i think natively no you're uh, the question specifically are we going to see destiny division anthem etc ported to switch no i don't think so even though does would you count warframe would you count warframe as a looter shooter no. No? Okay. Because that's just the open so. world. We're yeah. running around. We're all playing together. That's there, right? That's on Switch. So that's happening. But yeah. Um, I want to give you maybe... You know, fuck it. Let's try to do them both. Uh, Borazin00 writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, Good morning, Greg and Emma. When The Division 2 came out last week, I was expecting some sort of server slash games as a service problems. As, launch, as no launch is perfect when it comes to computers. As le- no launch is perfect when computers are involved. But I've heard next to nothing. It is not that I want the game to have a massive issues at launch, but from years and working in IT, I know there is going to be a hiccup or two, and the only mentions I saw on the IGN wiki were the blue screen errors mentioned in the Kind of Funny Games cast. Is this a sign that the game launched better than Anthem, or did Yumi know how to spin the PR, having dealt with the bad launch of the Division 1? Division 2, for the record... Far from flawless at launch. We were getting the the blue screen you're mentioning. The game's cast persisted throughout. It originally looked like it was attached to the healing drone, where if you tossed up the healing drone, it would kick out the other three people in your party if you were running a people of four, which was our experience. That happened a lot because Fran continued to throw up the healing drone, God, even idiot. though Fran Mirabella very knew, well and well he knew he knew that we was the problem, him. and he he kept wanting to test it like an <laughs> idiot and kick us on. Uh, and then, but last night it happened to me twice. One to me when I was. I stuck around, not healing drone related, and then later I got booted for the same thing. So that's still going on. Uh, there's also uh, still a glitch that they know about of throwing out your turret or any of your spe- your uh, your uh, sk- skills that you'll throw them out and they'll go away pretty much immediately and yeah. then do a 15 countdown. I saw a f- official comment of the, the re- subreddit from the real official uh, forums where they're like, this is a number one priority, we're working on it, but... We can't just fix it because we need to make sure it doesn't break other things, which is, again, how complicated games are. I think it's, you know, Borzen Zero Zero, I, I, I think obviously it has fewer problems than many games that launches and not nearly any of the ones that are like, 
you know, earth shattering, right? Getting a blue screen and kicked back to my XMB and coming back into the game and being literally dropped in right where I left off is easy and great and I don't miss anything as opposed to Anthem's thing where it was Breaking your totally PS4 just a, yeah, you come out of hard right. boot, right? Like you got the power plugged and stuff like that. But there is, I think, an undercurrent to how much leeway anybody gets. I think the reason you're not seeing more people bitch about the blue screen, not bitch about uh, their things not working is because they are flabbergasted by how good the gameplay is and how much content there is there. Yeah. And so it is, It is. I think you, you get a lot more rope when you do a lot of things right. Whereas Anthem, I think, didn't get that uh, luxury because they launched and people were like, there's no content. Why is it loading all the time? I hate this uh, 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 tethering to other people. Like there was other problems that then make it a mountain of problems. Right. When it's a mountain of good, the good is what shines through and people are talking about it's how much easier to overlook. 100%. Overlook are you going to play Division 2? Uh, I might just because it's... DC and oh right, I like being able to point at things like I know where that is. Like that's why Fallout Three for me. Like when oh, I was a God. kid, it's like I've been to Rockville or right. something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, like, totally. When I when I booted that up for the first time, and I, I was I was I worked in Rockville for a summer, oh, and yeah. then when I and then when Germantown was out, I was like, mm-hmm. I lived in Germantown. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm a big sucker for anything that I can attach myself to, like Fallout seventy six, Appalachia. I mean come on I, I bought it immediately and yeah. then um, we won't speak of it but um, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I might just because I, I want to find more games to play with my brothers or my partner or sure. just find something that's not overwatch to play every night sure good do it it's great play it right Kevin <laughs> yeah thank you very much and then me Kennedy writes in with a little inside baseball question to patreon.com slash kind of funny games says what's good games daily show host my question is, how do you receive codes for games? Do you usually reach out to the developers slash producers, or do they reach out to you? If they turn you down for a code, do they give a reason? Are there any obligations between you and the code giver? Give me the details. Emma, do you want to start? Because I'd like, as a freelancer, how does this work for you? Do you approach when people? I, if I ever reviewed a game, yeah. it's been a while. Um, sure. I was given the code by the outlet that i was writing for or the editor and then um it's usually disclosed how you get the code if i'm remembering correctly somewhere in the usually at the beginning or the end of a piece yeah a lot of people it's every site i think treats it differently Differently. but yeah lots of them do of like yeah yeah, this was reviewed on pc on a code that was provided by developer publisher x right um and that's i guess it's different uh depending on what kind of content you're producing because if it's written it's easier to disclose or if you're like a youtuber or something like that i don't know what the the relationship between influencers and publishers or something yeah so the way it works for us me is for the most part they i mean it's different company to company game by game etc etc um the way it usually works and i'd hazard a guess for most people and this is for people not sites because obviously ign they're going to talk to the reviews editor and do it that way for us in like let's look at the division right i've been vocal about how much i love the division one which meant i got invited to division press events which meant i was on the division mailers which meant that when it was time for codes they were like hey we're sending out codes like what platform do you need and they were awesome uh you know uh, it's I'm not going to throw anybody or attack anybody here. It's different. Everybody the, Ubisoft on division two was excellent about like, this is a multiplayer game. So pretty much as many codes as you want, you can have. Right. And so it was that I hit him up originally for uh, what it was, you know, four of us on PS4, five of us on PS4. Then I got Gary one. Then Fran already bought it on PC, but I got him a PS4 code. So like that kind of thing. And they were like, sure, of course we want you playing with people and like talking about it and the experience of what it's like to run multiplayer games. The opposite of that, 
is uh, like, let's go with Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I was on the list again because obviously I've been vocal about Spider-Man. And uh, I'd gone to the Spider-Man preview event. When they sent codes, they sent one. And it was like, hey, can I get another one? As, well, as many as you can send. Like, for launch, we can only get you one more. So Tim and you can have a conversation. That makes sense. And in the way that Ubisoft gives the codes and says, play with it, have a good time, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, if, if people ask, obviously disclose. There's no written rule of how to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with PlayStation, as you've probably seen in our coverage, right, it gets... Uh, sent to us we get the code from them and then it has to be when we talk about it in the review context hey by the way ftc this was sent to us by playstation put it in the description put all that stuff uh that's case by case uh outside and so like you know we got denied by playstation there to get tons of spider-man because of that because of how many they have and of course how many people they're trying to reach out to and how many to get and then from there if it's a game that i see and i think looks cool i look into who's making it if it's an indie, hit up their contact, the usually mm-hmm. media list. If I know PR people that are doing it, I usually Google search my uh, Gmail inbox of just like, oh, that game seems cool. If I see a trailer for it, who's emailed me about it before? Oh, is this 30, third party PR? Hit them up and go from there. So I guess the second half of the question, are there any obligations between you and the code giver? Like if you are, if you just are given a code and you do play the game, are you then, do you ever feel obligated to either reach out? provide feedback or even talk about it great question uh no i think that i can understand where somebody starting would have that for me i don't and i'm always honest like we party mode's a great example where game, games come through and i'll be like hey this looks great for our show party mode and i'm including andy here can we have a code there's no guarantee it'll actually make it on party mode because that is a once a week show and it yeah. is the show that we think we have a schedule and then something cool pops up and it's like oh well this is brand new let's get it in there faster which pushes everything down yeah. uh and I've never being honest with them and having that conversation of like, oh, yeah, this may happen. It may not. Uh, Hey, we sent you this. uh, I sent you this code for review. Have you played it? No, I haven't played it. It's always. All right, cool. Just thanks for letting me know. Like nobody's Mm -hmm. ever come to me and been like, wait, motherfucker, we gave you a code. But it's also because I'm not I'm not misrepresenting myself and being like, hey, I'm going to review this on Tuesday or whatever and then not talk about it. Like if I say that, I'm going to talk about it. Exactly. So, yeah, for I mean, no surprise to you being a kind of funny best friend. It's all about communication and how open and honest we are with them. We're open and honest with PR and developers and publishers the same way we're open and honest with you. So that's how it works for us. But, yeah, that's a sliding scale that changes for everybody. Emma. It's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together and has a good time. Today, John needs help. What games is he playing? The most important game of all, podcasting. He wants you to hit him up on Twitter at S-W-A-N, oh, Swanja311. So S-W-A-N-J-A-3-1-1. Hey, y'all. I was hoping to get into some amateur podcasting, and I thought I'd reach out to the kind of funny best friends. I live in the Twin Cities area. That's in Minnesota. I know. Uh, I'm not really looking to do it professionally or usurp those game informer bastards. JK, I love Ben Hansen and the crew. Uh, more just for shits and giggles and to talk about video games. Anywho, hit me up on Twitter at SWANJA311 if you're interested. Cheers. If you want a podcast in the Twin Cities area, and yes, Cisco, I'm talking to you. Hit up John. Emma? We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, nanobiologist wrote in at the very beginning of the show, not a you're wrong, but said, hello, Frednick. Yes. What does that mean? I assume that's something about being in Maryland, right? It's what we call some people in our city, Frederick, uh, because it's 
very, it can be a little, I don't want to say hickish. Okay. No, we won't say that. We won't say that. But it's <laughs> kind of just a term that you throw around at people. Okay. Um, but that's great. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so many of you are out there. Uh, Fendi says, a deal of the day you missed, Greg. Uh, the great indoor sale is happening right now on uh, PSN. This deals include Destiny 2 Forsaken for $20, God of War for 30 Red Dead for $40. Um, the sale ends March 29th, so get gaming, best friends. So there you go, if you were looking to pick those up. Uh, all right hold on now no i don't like that one either uh fire kevin higher porty writes in and says uh playstation 4 doesn't have an xmb that's just stockholm syndrome from the ps3 days i know it i know that technically that's not the cross media bar when you cross jump out but i don't like calling it the live area or whatever porty you made it the entire show it's not time to jump now hold on ladies and gentlemen my dog's about to jump off the desk. No. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. If you didn't know, each and every week, Dan Variety Platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You can watch live on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. You can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or RoosterTeeth.com. And you can listen on podcast services around the globe. Uh, the rest of the week, here's how it looks. Tomorrow, it's going to be me and Tim. You might say, wait, whatever happened to Dave Lang? Dave Lang was supposed to be on. Dave Lang? Rest in peace. Not dead, but since we had to bump the Google uh, stream and bump it up, his schedule doesn't work. And being the, the, the mensch Dave was, he's like, do what's best for the show. Don't worry about me. So Dave Lang will come by another time. Wednesday, Rebecca Valentine. Thursday, Xavier Woods, the Crooked Commission. And then Friday, Amanda Faru, who I still don't know if I'm saying your last name correctly. You're smarter than me. For Farouf? Farouf? Farouf, right? Okay, cool. And I've met her before, but it was in... I don't know. She'll, she'll set me straight on Friday. <laughs> uh, Emma, you were fantastic. Thank you. Where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want, at Emma Kidwell. Um, or that's that's pretty it. That's pretty it. Pretty, pretty it. <laughs> I'm, I'm running on fumes now, but uh, you can keep up with me on Twitter and uh, anything that I ever write or make, I just announce on there. Perfect. So, yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen... We have a press conference this afternoon. Don't forget about it. Afternoon Explorers, come find out what I am teasing. But until next time, no. It's been our pleasure to serve you.